God's promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. And bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, as we consider these words from the Apostle Peter, we pray, as always, for insight and understanding into who you are, into who we are, and uh, into this relationship that you're calling us into with you, with ourselves, and with each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow, it's good to see everyone today. Joe and Angela, I think this is a thing that we need to continue to flourish. So great to have you here, Angela, leading worship with us today, and great to have Joe back with us. I don't know if everyone's aware, I know we've said it over and over again, but Joe is a world-renowned jazz musician, and I mean that, world-renowned, that's for, for real. Alex found him, yeah, I discovered him. <laughs> that's not true, but he found him for us. And uh, Joe, we're so thankful for the work that you do here for Avid Hope and for being back with us. And congratulations on all the great things happening. By the way, also great to have Alex back again. I mean, you've been traveling the world. Yeah. And so it, it wasn't the same without you, I have to say. The welcomes were not the same. So, yes, good to have you back. And uh, Clarence and Bianca and family, great to have you here. Okay. So if you've been following along the summer, you know that we have been considering the letters that the Apostle Peter, the disciple Peter, wrote to the churches. And so we're getting to the end of that. Stephen is going to share with us one last Peter message next week. And so today we're looking at 2 Peter chapter 3, as mentioned and as read in our text of emphasis uh, today. Now, what's interesting to note, I think, is that 2 Peter, this letter that Peter was writing to the churches, was written as early as 40 years and as late as maybe 125 years after Jesus' death and ascension, okay? Which means that uh, Peter is writing to a New Testament church that had the very real experience of waiting, waiting, okay? So he's instructing the church to continue to wait and of course, what are they waiting for? They're waiting for Jesus to return again and to restore the world to the just and perfect community that God had originally designed. And so 40 years, this letter is coming 40 years at the, at the minimum, 40 years after Jesus' death and ascension. So this newborn church had already been waiting for 40 years. So it would make sense that uh, Peter and Paul and other places has to encourage the church to continue to be patient. We are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells, but it is not here yet. Now, this anticipation that this new heaven and new earth was going to come potentially quickly is not unwarranted. You may remember, if you've read the gospel stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that Jesus uh, kind of incited this idea that he was going to leave, but then he was going to come back, and that that coming back would be imminent. So like Mark chapter 9, Jesus says this, I truly, I tell you, he's talking to his disciples, truly, I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God 
that it's come in its power. So, uh, and there were many other places where Jesus spoke like this. And so it makes sense that the first New Testament church was anticipating that Jesus was going to come back and he was going to make everything new. So again, it, it also makes sense that 40 years at a minimum after Jesus has uh, ascended and he hasn't come back yet, that Peter has to write and say, just hold on, just be, be patient. Jesus has not come yet, but you, we need to be patient. Um, the problem is being patient is uh, difficult. I, uh, Jude, my, uh, my son, one of my sons, he and I, in uh, April, we went to Los Angeles together. So we have a, Avent Hope is helping to nurture a small group that's meeting in downtown Los Angeles called Gather LA. Actually, we'd love for you to look it up. Gather LA, G-T-H-R-L-A dot org. If you're ever in LA, you can go hang out with them. They meet on Friday nights. We've got some old school Advent Hopers out there and a bunch of other people. It's a great gathering. Anyway, we were going out to support them and, uh, and work with them among other things. And so we went to uh, JFK to get on a plane as one would do when you go to Los Angeles. And you know what we did? We waited. Thank you, Alex. Yes, I missed you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, we waited. We waited, and we waited and waited, and the worst thing was that they put up on the departure board, like your plane has been delayed for an hour and a half, and so then the clock starts ticking, and then another hour and a half, and then another two hours. We waited eight hours <laughs> for a, I still have no idea what happened, but we sat there uh, uh, waiting. Uh, bad food, uncomfortable seats, uh, What's that? Thank God we were not on the plane. We were in the terminal, but you know, so that you know, they were kind of tricking us. We could, it wasn't like we could leave because they kept saying like, it's gonna be an hour and you're like, okay. And it wasn't an hour. And so waiting indefinitely, especially when you have the anticipation or the expectation that the waiting is going to come to an end soon is annoying. <laughs> it's difficult. And especially when you're in JFK, it's just not, and that's one of our airports here in New York for those who, uh, you know, are living. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a joke. It's a joke. But anyway, uh, waiting is difficult, and yet waiting has become an essential part of what it means to be a Christian. Bible students in, uh, call this the now and the not yet. And the now and not yet is referring to the fact that when Jesus came, he said he is introducing the kingdom. All right, so it's starting now when Jesus came. Uh, but the not yet is that the kingdom isn't completely fulfilled. So he introduces and he brings the kingdom when he comes, but it hasn't come to fruition. So all the good things of the kingdom, restoration and justice reigning, all of those things have not ha happened yet. And so Jesus establishes his kingdom, but it's not completely fulfilled. And so we, we as humans living on this planet now, we live in the now, the kingdom is here, but the not yet. It's not completely uh, fulfilled. And that is uh, difficult. And so we're reminded to be patient. Uh, Jesus' brother, James, he wrote this in another letter. He says, be patient, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. 
<laughs> James wrote this uh, almost 2,000 years ago because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. And the judge is standing at the door. So again, there's this implication that Jesus is coming. It's imminent. He's even using the language that it is near. Uh, but obviously, we have been waiting. And waiting is difficult. And many of us are not particularly good at wait waiting. I wasn't really great at waiting when I was sitting in those uncomfortable chairs at JFK. And yet, we, if you, as followers of Jesus, are invited to be patient. And so our big question today is, is what is it about being patient that is so difficult or uh, hard for us? I'm, ima I'm imagining you could come up with a bunch of responses on your own. Three came to mind for me. First of all, it's difficult to be patient as we think about things being made new and righteousness reigning, which our text of emphasis said was going to be happening because our world is really messed up, right? And we want it to be rectified, and it's not being rectified. Despite a lot of good things that are happening, I mean, diseases are becoming eradicated, and, and you know, uh, 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 many technology is advancing, but the reality is, despite those positive things, overall, it just seems like things are horrendous. Um, I was, uh, I was uh, down in, uh, in Texas, your neck of the woods, and it's very hot down there. You know, they're breaking records for the most consecutive days of, uh, uh, of a temperature over 100 degrees. Uh, it's hot down there. I don't know how anyone lives down there, Alex. You grew up there. But it is, uh, it is very, very warm in Texas. The, 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 the earth seems uh, in disarray. Our political systems are a mess. Uh, injustice seems to reign around the world. I mean, you can't, uh, you can't watch the news of any sort and not see like the world is a mess and these things are disconcerting to us and so this inhibits our ability to be patient because we're like how can we continue to be patient when things seem so messed up what is God waiting for I mean what possibly could he be waiting for things are so bad and again 2,000 years is a long time to be asked to wait now none of us have actually had to wait 2,000 years because obviously none of us are that old. Alex is almost that old, but none of us are that, uh, this is really, Alex, I've missed you, so we're gonna really have fun today. Um, right, yes, 2,000 years is a long time to uh, wait. Uh, even if you, you go with Adventist years, do you know that it has been 179 years since the early Advent believers uh, predicted that Jesus would come in the year, or the fall of 1844. That was 179 years ago when Adventists were preaching that Jesus is coming imminently. So we've been waiting for a very long time. And 2,000 years, or 179 years, is a long time to wait. Again, when we have Jesus in Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, uh, 20 say, yes, I am coming soon. What does soon mean to Jesus? certainly different than what I think of as uh, soon. So it's been a long time. How much patience must we have? Finally, it's uh, difficult for us to be uh, patient because we are wired for completion. We're wired to have things fixed and, and done, and this state of indefinite incompletion is not 
is not healthy for us. I mean, we all are wired with the original wiring back in Genesis 1 and 2 in, of this place where justice does reign, where righteousness reigns, where people love each other, where we take care of each other, where we look out for each other, where there is no fear of death. We're wired for that. And so living in this state where that's not the case is incredibly difficult for us. And we're also, again, wired for completion. Have you heard of completion bias? It's the desire to, to get things done and to complete things. In our world, actually, completion bias has been tested and found, it's found that it leads to some disturbing uh, things. I'm gonna read some data for you on completion bias. So some researchers uh, went and studied completion bias. And completion bias is, again, this idea that we need to be complete and get things done. And so this is a, uh, a, a quote. It says, uh, using data from about 43,000 distinct patient encounters, these researchers found that physicians exhibit a bias toward completing tasks, specifically easy tasks, when confronted with an increased workload. You may resonate with this, all right? So they tested physicians, and they found that physicians, they had the desire for things to be complete, and so what did they do? They completed the easy things, because that made them, themselves feel like they were getting th done. So easy tasks refer to patients who are less sick at first, this might seem like a pretty solid strategy. By focusing on these less sick patients, a doctor is more productive because these patients don't stay in, the, in, in ED as long. But according to Gino and, and Stotts, the researchers, there are at least two problems with the issue of completion bias. One, in this context, patients with more severe conditions had to wait longer because the doctors were you know, trying to mark off the, check off the boxes and get as much done as possible. So they were going for quantity over uh, quality. And so the patients with more severe conditions were having to wait longer. And secondly, with each less sick patient a doctor treats, the doctor slows down just a little bit because they start getting uh, tired, tired. And so the, the, the reference here uh, continues to say that this is an issue that this idea that we have to have things complete and we want things complete and we're wired for uh, completion create uh, instances where we are completing things but we're not completing the things that we need to complete. I, maybe you've experienced this in your office where you have a long list of things to do at the, at the beginning of the day and you go about completing the easy things instead of the urgent, you complete the urgent things but not the important things. That's, a, that's all part of completion bias. So we're wired for completion we want things to be complete. We're longing for completion to take place. We, 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 we try to facilitate completion by taking care of these small things and maybe missing out on the big things, uh, but this is all part of wanting to be done, wanting to be complete. And so this invitation to be patient is uh, difficult. And so how do we develop this patience that we don't seem to inherently have. How do we develop patience, not just in the context of waiting for the Lord's return, that's the big picture, but even in our lives when we're called to be patient, we will remember this is a fruit of the spirit, if you will, patience is a big deal. God says love, joy, peace, patience is, is an attribute of a follower of Jesus. And so how do we develop this patience? Well. As always, we can take heart that Jesus himself was patient. 
Um, consider this. Jesus, who Christians believe to be God in human form, came as a baby and had to grow up. It was 30 years before he started teaching and preaching all the things that he knew. So he had to wait 30 years. There was patience. He had to develop and grow just like normal humans. At some point along the way, he came to understand who he was as the Messiah, God's uh, uh, savior for the people, that God himself, and yet he was patient. By the age of 12, he was so adept that he could go into the temple and teach the the, the scholars, the PhDs of the day. He was able to teach, but he still had to be patient. And so year 13 and 14, we don't even know what happened. We don't even have any record of what happened from 12 to 30. That's a lot of patience that Jesus had to exhibit. Even though he had the ability, or even earlier on, to do things that we could not do, he, Jesus was a patient. And then consider our text of emphasis today, 2 Peter chapter 3, um, actually 13 to 18. Verse 15 says, bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. So according to Peter, God is patient. God is patient. Now, if you think about that for any more than a second, you will realize that that is pretty profound. Why is God patient? Uh, why does he need to be patient? There is a conception among humans and even among Christians that God is all-powerful and gets whatever he wants all the time. But that idea doesn't correspond with a God who has to be patient, who has to wait, because why would an all-powerful God who always gets whatever he wants have to wait for everything? He could just exercise his power and make things uh, happen. And so the implication of this idea that God is patient is that there are some things that he does not use his power on. And the good news for us is that is on us. God has instilled us with uh, free will. He is not a God who forces himself on us. He's not a God who forces himself in, into a relationship with us. But that means that God has to be patient. God is patient. And so today, if you're struggling with uh, patience and there's something that you want to see fulfilled and it's not getting fulfilled and you know that patience is a part of the fruit of the Spirit and that as a follower of Jesus, you are called to be patient and yet that's difficult, you can take heart that Jesus has been patient. That God himself even now is, is patient. You don't think God is as disturbed as we are and far more about what's happening in this broken world? These are his kids that are killing each other, that are being unjust to each other, that are doing terrible things. This is his planet that he got down on his knees and, and, and created humans out of, that he cares about, and the planet is broken. God cares about these things, but, but Second Peter tells us that God is patient. Why? Why? Because he doesn't want anyone to be lost. God wants everyone back in relationship with him. So he is not going to close the door on things until everyone who is capable and willing has the opportunity to grasp on to the greatness and the goodness of the Lord Jesus so that they too can be rescued and saved. God is patient. He's patient, and that patience, according to 2 Peter, means salvation. He's waiting, and he's waiting 
and he's waiting and he's waiting because he doesn't want anyone to be lost. I was sitting in that JFK airport waiting and waiting and waiting, but you know what? I'm thankful because I don't want a plane taking off that hasn't been properly checked. And if there's an engine that was like, you know, let's, let's forget waiting. Let's just take off. These people are getting frustrated. Let's take off. You know what? I don't want that. So as frustrating as it was, I'm thankful that it was, it was annoying that we waited until the right moment. God is patient. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. And so today, if you are struggling with patience and you're like, I, 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 this world is a messed up place or, and, and you want Jesus to come or you just have to be patient about something that you're expecting or happening in your life and you want that to happen and it's not happening, the good news is as we accept the Lord Jesus, God is capable of giving us his patience. He has to be patient. He knows how to be patient and he knows how to give us this patience as well. Now, being patient doesn't mean that we don't keep working for justice in this world, that we don't keep uh, working to make sure that while we're here, we do what we can through the spirit to make this world a better place. So not, we're not saying that. We still can be active and working toward justice and working to make the planet that we currently live on a place that we want to live on. But we can also be encouraged that God can give us his patience as we await for that day when all things are made new, that we can have this patience through him and his spirit. And so may God do this in us today. Amen.